Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. They provide consumer insights, specialized in digital insights as well. Maybe you market to this particular generation. I am talking about Gen Z. Where are you likely to find them socializing? Uh, likely on Twitch or YouTube, where they're watching streams of games being played. They do this to socialize. They compete online. They're there to learn new skills, escape from reality. Uh, they're mostly found in online chats and communities. Or maybe they're uploading their own gaming footage to YouTube or other video gaming platforms. They want very specific things from their bank. Uh, they're tired of this you know, sense of impending doom all around us. Crisis fatigue is an issue for them. And 63% of them, so more than many other generations, more than maybe any other generation, they want to save in the next three months. We are taking a look at Gen Z, what they favor in terms of their uh, financial behavior, what they're, how they're shaping up in the world today as well, and how they're navigating uncertainty. Aditi Kohli is Senior Vice President and APEC for GWI. Every year they um, look at almost a million, I understand, uh, interviewees to come crunch through for Terrific insights. Aditi, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Can't wait to understand Gen Zs. First up, help us understand this particular age group. What are we talking about when we say Gen Zs? Absolutely. Firstly, thanks for having me on the show, Michelle, and specifically on Gen Zs. Uh, When we talk Gen Zs, we're basically talking about people born between the year of 1997 to 2006. So we are talking folks who are in their late teens to their mid-20s. Um, And this is a cohort that succeeds the millennials. Okay, thanks for that. Good to know who exactly we're talking about. Um, Lots of great insights in your report. I have to say for anybody who wants to market to Gen Zs, banks who want to reach out to Gen Zs in particular when it comes to their money habits, which is what we're going to be talking about. But first, I want to zero in on this very interesting term, crisis fatigue, which is a real issue for Gen Zs. Tell us why. So what happened is, Michelle, I mean, we've been through this, but I I actually feel Gen Zs have been through a lot more. Now, many Gen Zs right now are feeling jaded. And this generation actually has been through a lot. Students have faced disruption to their education due to COVID Mm -hmm. while they were moving in from high school to college. And, you know, the first jobbers entered the workforce during the pandemic, right? And all while managing a cost of living crisis, and a global looming recession, which is, you know, still continuing. And this is the workforce, which is like kind of find their feet in. So that's really kind of put less headspace, you know, for them to think beyond, you know, just debacling with all that is going on now. So that's set in some fatigue, I would say. It's really interesting. Um, so basically ongoing bad news at a time when they were growing up, because this is 16 to 25-year-olds, so COVID happened yeah. a couple of years back, major disruption to their education, um, their routine, at a very crucial age of, of their development. It's interesting you also talk about, I think, their mental health in this particular report, which I think is so useful for anybody who wants to understand this demographic. Uh, help us understand how they are approaching work life. I understand they're very territorial about, you know, work, where work ends and life begins. 
That's a very interesting point to begin with, Michelle, because at the end of the day, while we are feeling this fatigue, that's what gets us to the next level. We as employers or, you know, when Gen Z is really smart people entering, you know, the workforce, what they're really looking for right now is prioritizing their work-life balance the most. 83% of local Gen Zs are telling us it's important for them and it takes precedence over the traditional priorities that Gen Zs used to be looking at, like salary and career progression. So work-life balance definitely stands out one. The second thing is they also want to upgrade and learn more skills. And these are some of the attributes they're definitely looking at when you know, they're looking at their employability. Um, and that's what we are seeing it as a trend come out with Gen Z entering the workforce now. And you know, some of this uh, insight is really useful for those of us in radio as well, because I was looking through your um, survey and it says Gen Zs are nostalgic for the 90s. And there used to be a time where, I don't know if you noticed, all we heard on our radio areas was 80s music. But now, really, if you want to appeal to this particular demographic, you got to play 90s music. Absolutely. <laughs> That was a very outstanding fact that I noticed too while we were doing this research. <laughs> that we are going back to the 90s, you know, and yeah. these kids are obviously in, in their teens and, you know, the fashion statement they're making <laughs> is, is all going back. <laughs> because that was when they associated life with being normal and carefree and fun. So Absolutely. if you want to please Gen Z's in the office, play some 90s music, why don't you? Uh, help us understand how Gen Z's feel about the economy and their personal financial health. What are they prioritizing? So uh, let's break this down when we talk about specifically on the you know, economy perspective. Okay. And let's break this down in a sense. Let's look at you know, the Asia approach. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, we can obviously see how Singaporeans are going about it. So Gen Z's and APAC are actually optimistic about actually 67% are relatively confident about the state of their respective economies in their countries, right? And they feel things will just get better in the next six months. And this sentiment also reflects in their personal financial health. However, Mm. in Singapore and in Singaporean Gen Z specifically, they are lower than the APAC average. So if you're talking about 67% in Asia-Pacific Gen Z's confidence level, we're only talking around 46% for Gen Z's in Singapore who are confident. They're actually very cautious, I would rather say, about their personal financial health too. And interestingly, this, this shows a, like a behavior. 73% of Gen Z's in Singapore are more likely to save over the next three to six months because of this cautious behavior they're, they're kind of walking through right now. It's very interesting because it mirrors what we're hearing in um, in the U.S. when it comes to consumer behavior. That basically Gen Zs have this recessionary mindset. They want to save over the next three months more than any other age group. I understand. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And they have very specific things that they want their banks to do for them as well. I understand in your report. Um, yeah. th- does any uh, stand out for you? Absolutely. So. While we were looking at this and while we were building this report and asking questions um, to our consumers, there were certain concerns which were coming out. And I'll talk very specific again to Singaporean Gen Zs. Mm-hmm. 73% of Singaporean Gen Zs want to save up more when compared to the generation because they have lesser disposable income, right? Yeah. And they want their banks to support them 
across these areas of financial management. So while they're saving, they want their banks to kind of help them with. Interestingly, when we look at the what's the reality today, mm-hmm. 83-85% of uh, Singaporean Gen Zs think their banks should provide them support. But in reality, mm-hmm. only 58% of banks are actually doing that. So there is a bit of a gap there, which means that becomes an untouched consumer for a bank, which is a Gen Z personnel yes. who wants the service but is not getting it. And that's like that's like such a good thing for banks. Yes. And absolutely. And then uh, the other thing is, uh, mm. you know, Singaporeans want their bankers to provide them or the bank to provide them with specific kind of ways to save, like related to their retirement. They want advice on better spending habits. Gen Z's, after all, you know, they're still trying to learn and navigate how to make the best out of their buck and also how to budget their money. Now, these things are pretty interesting if you see at a very earlier on stage our Singaporean Gen Z's are looking into. And that's the help they want their banks to be providing them. Fantastic insight there. Because this is interesting as well, this point that they, more than any other generation, want their banks to help them budget money, give them advice on spending, give them guidance on how to pay out debt, help them take out loans. So huge opportunity here for banks who want to appeal to this particular demographic. Now, help us understand, when we talk about money, we have to talk about where money is going to. Where are Gen Zs spending their money? So Gen Zs are actually, when we are talking about, so there are two things. One is how Gen Zs are investing their money Mm. and where Gen Zs are spending technically, right? Mm. So if we talk about, I'll I'll address both of them. If we talk about from a spend perspective, Gen Zs, and we are talking about a post-COVID world, they're in a bit of a revenge spending mode. Mm. And that's what their agenda is. Um, And despite understanding the need to save, many Singaporean Gen Zs are still making room for experiences and for small treats. And these would include clothing, like we just spoke about the fashion of the 90s, right? Buying cosmetics. They want to get that next lipstick on them since masks were gone. Concerts (laughs) is another very interesting one. We just witnessed Blackpink in Singapore two weeks back with 50,000 tickets being sold, right? K-pop is big. (laughs) 90% ticket increase. It's it's huge. And lastly, they also want to be investing in... uh, like actually spending and traveling. And 48% of our local Gen Zs have actually purchased a vacation or a flight ticket in the last three to six months. Um, This actually brings in more joy to their lives in the future. And obviously vacations are amongst the top of Gen Zs in Singapore, uh, just behind spending time with family, I would say. So this is the spending aspect of it. Uh, If we were to look at where they are actually investing their money in, Mm. eight in 10 Singaporean Gen Zs, if I say that the young looks out there, have some cash saving. How interesting is that? They're really cautious. And we're only second to, yes, we're only second to Hong Kong. And the most, next most popular investment is stocks and shares, which stands at around 32%. This is way better than some of the other Asian markets. Uh, the other interesting stat is, uh, statistics is, is 22% of our Singaporean Gen Zs have actually used a financial investment tool in the last month. This is a tech-savvy bunch, you know. They want to be using apps. They want to be using financial investment mm. tools to really help them invest. And uh, the last thing is obviously crypto. I mean, it, it'll be sorry if I don't mention that. Yes. That 
23% are more likely Gen Zs to have cryptocurrency investments compared to other average Singaporeans. So they are going, I would say, a slightly bit more on crypto or have been doing that, uh, you know, in, in the past couple of years. Is it 22% so that uh, are into crypto? They are. 22% okay. are Got still it. in crypto, yeah. Okay, so if you want to do a financial health check, um, it looks like they've got savings. They prefer cash and then it's stocks um, and there is crypto in the portfolio as well. And when it comes to investing, they're looking to financial tools because they are digitally savvy and they're not afraid of um, interacting with the internet to help them make investment decisions, it sounds like. That's correct, Michelle. All right. Now, what are, do we know anything about their approach to uh, in any concerns that they have about being able to save or invest in this economic climate? So definitely, uh, Michelle, given what has really happened, uh, you know, with the FTX recent fallout, you know, we've, we've kind of seen how things have kind of panned out. Overall, APAC consumers are feeling tag pessimistic about whether it's cryptocurrency or, or generally investing. But if I talk crypto, generally, Singapore sentiment is a little better. And people are feeling, 30% people are feeling, okay, I wouldn't say it's, it's and it's, it's not growing, but it's like kind of stable. It may, in fact, be a downward trend, but we can't say that for surety. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where Singaporean Gen Zs I'm specifically talking about, right? If I was to compare since, say, quarter three of 2021, there has been a year-on-year drop in ownership of crypto, right? Mm -hmm. For example, countries like Japan have fallen down 23%. Like, that's how it's gone down between quarter three of 2021 to now. Whereas Singapore has just shown a single-digit drop. It's not as fast, but it's kind of stabilizing. But uh, the key concern is, is, you know, how people are investing more specifically in this blooming environment and it's how banks are really approaching them to provide them with the financial tools uh, which are meeting the demands of their retirement, better spending habits and budgeting, uh, better budgeting for their money. Also very interesting for your report that I picked up about Gen Z's and money because they're entertainment driven and they yeah. love TikTok. Uh, the how-to videos, the bite-sized educational videos uh, are likely to resonate with you. So um, entertainment driven information resonates with this particular group when we talk about finance education, right? Absolutely. So entertainment driven education. So why we really want to be reaching out to these consumers and filling up that gap, Mm -hmm. they do trust these online videos for financial advice, right? And, you know, banks can also look at offering these younger consumers education, and that could be via offering online courses or even one-on-one sessions uh, with a financial advisor. And this is one of, you know, Singapore Gen Z's most ideal method of financial education uh, when they're looking at automated savings and tools uh, being the other. So this is how potentially, I mean, if we look at, if I was to give you a few more stats when we were talking about just in terms of, uh, you know, how people are consuming content, social media obviously scales pretty high. So, you know, TikTok or Instagram for Gen Z's rate way higher compared to search engines. Um, And obviously, you know, when we talk about social media for Gen Z's, it's become one-stop shop for Gen Z's purchase journey, right? Mm. 61% of Gen Z's actually discover brands 
and research products on social media. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a pretty sizable number if, you know, even if financiers or investment folks want to really reach out to these Gen Z consumers. In fact, Gen Z's likes and positive comments serve as a very strong indication of real interest and good experiences with products and services. So there's a correlation again when you really want to be talking about a financial service to a Gen Z person, that like and that positive comment from another friend, colleague, or where they're connected with means a lot. That's how this plays a good, good game for them. And, and if you want to reach out to Gen Z as a marketeer, this show, I think, is just full of fantastic <laughs> insights, if I do say so myself. But also, you want to speak their language, which is memes, right, Aditi? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness, this explains why Dogecoin took off, because it was a meme that was funny, it was relatable, and memes resonate with this generation. So much great insights. Um, we thank you for being here, Aditi. We appreciate it. Thank you, Michelle. I wish I could share that with the meme showcasing how excited I am. Unfortunately, I'm not Gen Z, but I'm glad to be on Money FM. So thank you so much for having me on the show and talking about GWI and our you know, market research report on Gen Z. Always a joy. Aditi Kohli is Senior Vice President for APAC at GWI. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.